Hi everyone, and welcome to the 87th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hello! And Sabrina! Hi! Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Happy New Year! It's Yay. our first podcast of 2016. How you guys wow. doing? Very well. We're good. I'm good. How, how does the, how is the future <laughs> treating you? Uh, treat me the same way. I got I got sick recently, so oh, Aww. that's the worst. I'm stressed. What a way to start. <laughs> what a way to start the year, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. <sighs> but I've I'm been... excited. 2016 is is going to be super awesome. Uh, I'm I'm hoping a lot of you guys heard our last episode and all the cool stuff we're doing for Kingdom Hearts Union. If you didn't know, we switched to a two week rotation, so things things are picking up for us. We're so excited for the new year. So. Let's kick this off with 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 the best first episode ever. Yay! Yay! So anyway, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We run on a... Actually, <clears throat> I, I changed this part <laughs> because it's appropriate. We actually now... We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union. And we come out on the iTunes store, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, YouTube.com slash KHUnionVids, and... KH Ultimania's Twitter, which is at KH Ultimania. Okay. I need to learn... <laughs> I need to memorize that pre-roll again. Got it. Memorized. It's been so many years of saying we release on a four-week rotation that I wasn't ready for my own change. But yes, just to reiterate... We now release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union. So, uh, effectively, Kingdom Hearts Union comes out every other week, and Final Fantasy Union comes out every other week. But get we double the pleasure, double the fun. Weeks. Yep, double so, the fun. Yeah, double effectively, of us. Be- between the two of us, we release every week. So that's that's the cool part. Yep. All right. So uh, in this show, we have three segments. Our first segment is the news segment. Second, we have a special segment called Featured Discussion, which I'll discuss more about when we get to it. And then finally, we have our question segment in the way of announcements. Uh, as a reminder, you guys can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. Just pledge a dollar and get access to a special podcast called Please Be Excited. And towards that end, I just want to say we've actually been making a lot of changes to the Patreon. If you want to know more about it, definitely go to uh, patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. We've got lots of new reward tiers, like so many new things. I would say probably one of the standout things is we do now have a giveaway that is a part of our Patreon. So if you want some cool Final Fantasy stuff, or if you want some cool Kingdom Hearts stuff, if you pledge, uh, actually, I think yeah, if you pledge even a dollar, I think you get entries into the uh, into the giveaway. And basically, the longer you pledge, the more entries you get, as far as I understand. I know there's like a there's like a monthly pledge bonus uh, in the Patreon, so definitely check that out. Super cool. We got some cool stuff. I know Daryl. He said something about he's got some really rare Type Zero cards. So if you remember the cards that Ace has in type zero he's got some so if you want if you like type zero you want some cards that ace had daryl's got some of those he's also got some cool kingdom hearts stuff there's another tier where you can get special final fantasy and kingdom hearts union badges that the lauren is making herself that looks super awesome so definitely check it out also speaking of patreon time for our patreon shout outs uh 
which by the way, we actually have a new tier where you get to become an executive producer on the show, which I do want to make special note of because I think of all our tiers, which I think all of them have special value, but I think this particular tier of executive producer actually provides real world tangible value to you, to your life. I'm trying to hype this up because <laughs> this is kind of like if you remember um I don't know how many of you follow like general gaming media but if you remember like a few years ago Peter Molyneux had that game called the Curiosity Cube which was a free uh free iOS game where there was basically this giant cube that you tap the pixels on the cube and there was just like millions of pixels on it and basically people were chipping away at this cube for years and Peter Molyneux had this great line that you know, at the center of the cube, whoever reaches the cube fir- the center of the cube first, it what is inside there will change their life. And this is basically our version of that. If you <laughs> sign up to this oh. tier, this could potentially change your life. Now it really should already that. change your life. I mean, you listen to us every week now. Exactly. But I'm saying this is going to take it even further because in the executive producer tier, not only do we shout you out, but we also shout out your Twitter handle. So you could potentially get more Twitter followers. So that's awesome. See, mm. potentially changing your life because we're marketing you on social media. So that's that. that does have potential value. We have... You know, lots of listeners. I think we have a few thousand on iTunes. We get a whole bunch on YouTube. So if you guys want more exposure on Twitter, hey, pledge to the uh, executive producer tier and you can be shouted out just like Manning Franks, whose Twitter handle is like underscore Peyton or Alex Troutman, whose Twitter handle is Akira named Jin. And that's Akira. Uh, capital A name gen. I don't know if capital letters count in Twitter, but it's Akira name gen and it's N A M N A M E J I N. Akira name gen. And then we also have uh, some other guys. I don't know if they have Twitter handles. We, we haven't gotten theirs yet, but if they do, we'll be shouting them out. It's Zach Duranto, and we have Michael Graham, Kristen Burge, and Tiger Crane, who is at Paupu Milkshake. Which I think sounds delicious. Ooh, I so, know that person. They they, oh, they tweeted cute. at me before, and um, I think they follow me on Tumblr. So thank you very much, Tiger Crane. Yes. So all of these thank people: you. Manning, Franks, Alex Troutman, Zach Toronto, Michael Graham, Christian Birch, and Tiger Crane. Thank you so much. You guys thank are you guys. executive producers. Thank you. If I could, I give you all hugs if I ever meet you. Absolutely. Group hugs, man. So if you guys if you guys want to be (laughs) shouted out regularly on the podcast and you have uh, you know Twitter handle, I mean I'm serious. This could like legitimately have personal value to you. Just be even beyond the podcast because you do get more exposure and you know what it is like on the internet. Exposure is worth a lot. So. Moving on from there, uh, as a reminder, as always, if you guys want to be a part of the show, please send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. I just want to say, everybody who heeded the call last time, thank you so much. I've got so many questions. We're going to be answering these questions like like pretty much every episode now. That you know, Some episodes in the past, you may have noticed, we skipped the question segment. Usually that was because we were out of questions, and it, you know, it, gets, it gets really hard to 
you know, put on this show where we have a lot of user-generated content when we don't have user-generated content to work off of. So it really, really, really helps the show when you guys send us your questions. So I really appreciate it, everybody who sent your questions in. I got so many emails that sent in like multiple part questions. So that was super awesome. So uh, please don't hesitate to send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. Uh, you know, don't hesitate to send emails with many questions in it. At, you know, we may not get to all of them in like a super timely fashion, but I promise you at some point we'll most likely cover all of them because we just put out so many shows now that we're going to have to have a lot of questions. So I really appreciate it. So thank you guys for supporting us. Moving on, next announcement. Uh, I just want to talk about the live stream that we talked about last episode that we uh, we actually did a test stream uh, December 19th, which was super awesome. Me and Churro, you know, handling that. Churro providing expert commentary. Me providing uh, mediocre to okay gameplay. It was super fun. <laughs> I, I blame it on nerves. <laughs> Lots of super ex- extremely obscure trivia. If you guys love crazy trivia, this is the show because we we had so much good trivia, like we were talking about voice acting and weird deals with Disney and how Kingdom weird Hearts came deals. to be. You made it sound really sketchy. Well, no, like weird deals. Weird deals <laughs> like game with this, like in the back corner behind the building. Weird deals like voice actors being weird and like Waka being the voice Waka. of uh, the voice of Appa in uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. D. Bradley Baker, shout out. So. Oh, I didn't of, know that. Yeah, and See, in that's why it works. Papa. Yeah, but he's only he only has that voice in he only has that voice actor in Kingdom Hearts, whereas in Final Fantasy X and, and any other Waka's appearance, it's Joe John DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio. I forget. John DiMaggio. John DiMaggio, and that's the voice of Bender and the voice of Jake. The dog from uh, Adventure Time. That's yep, Waka. Yep. Yeah, so we were talking about that. We talked about how uh, Molly Keck, voice of Selfie, is one of two of the Final Fantasy voice actors in Kingdom Hearts that actually stayed the voice actor of her respective character in Kingdom Hearts 2. The other one was uh, Steve Burton, voice of Cloud. Everyone else going from uh, Kingdom Hearts 1 to Kingdom Hearts 2, everyone else changed. Even Yuffie. Come on, Yuffie. Oh, Yuffie. By the way, a voice of uh, Yuffie in, uh, in Kingdom Hearts 2 is the voice of Katara in Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, I think, yeah. I think, no. Uh, yes. I thought it was... Oh, what's her name? Christy She's not even Steven. Christy yeah, 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 yeah. Carlson Romano. That's her voice in Kingdom Hearts 1. And, and she an changed. But it, oh, and she changed. Yes, it's... Yeah, a well, lot of people... Well, like Allison Stoner with... Um, with Kyrie. Uh, Shion and Kari. Yep. I mean that's, that's I mean that's because it was the first Kingdom Hearts is you know was like all big Disney names and exactly. now it's just like more like anime voice actors. <laughs> exactly. So kinda kinda interesting. So those are the kinds of cool trivia facts. We also talked about like the making of Kingdom Hearts and how, you know, talk about Lion Sora and talk about how Kingdom Hearts uh, got a lot of inspiration from Super Mario 64. So it's a really great pace if you want to learn about trivia. Uh, we're, we were too early in, in the game to really analyze the story too much. <laughs> but um, so just some quick facts about the, tr- uh, about, the uh, about the live stream. So the name of the live stream, drum roll please, except don't do that. Oh. Yeah, yeah, mouth, <laughs> mouth, <laughs> mouth drum roll is okay. I can't roll my R's. <laughs> mouth drum roll is okay. Don't bang on any desks. Okay. I'm, 
we're, know. we're we're keeping keeping to that New Year's resolution. But the name <laughs> of the Kingdom Hearts Union live stream is called Kingdom Hearts Union Deep Dive Stream. Eh, eh, eh. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so it would be deep dive. It would be. <laughs> I'm never surprised with you anymore. Of course, ever. no. Of course, it's deep this dive. Brandon, you just need to tattoo the word deep dive on you now. I know. Pretty, you have to like. Much. Just... I still need to work on make going in Photoshop and making like a banner for it. But oh basically, the idea behind the name, besides deep dive being my favorite three minutes and five seconds of video footage, um, basically. The idea for the live stream is we want to focus really hard on analysis and story, trivia, stuff like that. We want to go and literally and figuratively take a deep dive into Kingdom Hearts. And we want to talk about the story. When we do uh, live streams of Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts is on the main showcase. That is the thing we're focusing on the most. We're not trying to be crazy personality. I mean, we are crazy personalities, but <laughs> the main event in our Kingdom Hearts Union deep dive streams is the games. It is not us being dumb idiots on the internet. I think there's room for those sorts of things on the internet. I love me some Game Grumps. I love me some uh, Super Best Friends. That's the kind of stuff they do. I think there's room for that, but that's not what we're doing. We come from a place where we know a lot about Kingdom Hearts, and we want to get people caught up in time for Kingdom Hearts 3. So we're going to be talking about the story. We're going to be talking about, you know, crazy theories. We're going to be talking about trivia. We're going to talk about everything about Kingdom Hearts. This is like the the Oprah's Book Club of of Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. I like that. So uh, just just, uh, some quick stats about it. Uh, We are going to be uh, doing this live stream every other Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern, the same week the podcast releases. So... Uh, podcasts come out on Tuesday, that Saturday after that. Uh, so the next, well, the first official live stream, the first real live stream is going to be, uh, Saturday, January 16th at 7 PM Eastern standard time. So be there or be square. Our Twitch is twitch TV slash K H union. So go there. Got it memorized. We're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, just just so uh, just so everybody knows, if you were a part of the original uh, test stream that we did back in December, uh, we are going to be starting over in Kingdom Hearts One, uh, specifically Kingdom Hearts Final Mix. We're doing Kingdom Hearts One Point Five, of course. Uh, we are starting over, but good news! I've been pumping the iron with Sora. Um, we've been grinding. A- <laughs> I've been grinding a lot. Going to the gym every day. Uh, I've so far gotten him up to level 19, and I'm still on Destiny Islands. And my goal is to get him to either 20 or 25, around there, uh, so that we can knock out uh, Destiny Islands. Generally, what we try to do, or at least what we're aiming to do, is we're going to try to do at least one world per live stream. But for this first inaugural stream, we're going to knock out Destiny Islands and Traverse Town in the same stream uh, with Super Beefy Sora. So definitely go there to check it out. We're going to do some really cool coverage of that part of the game. So that pretty much wraps up announcements finally. Uh, Now for the news. Yay. Yay. So there was actually some news news. in December that sadly we missed, but we're going to cover it now. I don't think it was too huge, but so yeah, first bit of news, the D23 trailer for kingdom hearts 2.8 and kingdom hearts 3 was shown at jump festa yay yeah so we finally got to see the trailer uh what do you guys think of the trailer 
Was it like super hype for you? Did you like it at all? I I like I liked it. I mean, to me, my favorite part is the back cover. Like it's such shrouded in mystery. Yeah, it's definitely shrouded in mystery. You know, yeah. you want to know what you know what happens to the story and how it's it the most mysterious to... game in that set. Well, I mean, it's not, yeah. not technically a game, but it's definitely the most mysterious thing in that package. I mean, to I mean, it's gonna add a lot of like backstory to the world of Kingdom Hearts. That's for sure. I mean, so it's that's why I like it so much. That's the, I mean, I love you know zero point two, but like I would love to see where, you know, where Kingdom Hearts Key and Unchained Key will take place with all this and what events led up to the way the kingdom Hearts series is now and sabby what did you think about the trailer i was really excited because i was like really disappointed when nothing was coming out at like three in the morning yeah and oh, i really waited uh... and i was like i'm going so tired i'm going back to bed yeah. but funny thing was that i was at a wedding when it was released oh, man. and we we're at reception and then someone was like sabrina and i'm like yeah and they showed me their facebook and it had the link and I'm like, nobody talked to me for like the next 15 <laughs> minutes because I'm going to go and watch this. That's awesome. Um, and the groom, like who's like one of my best friends, uh, it, they were already done their speeches. So it was like in between that time where they could just go and like talk to people and whatnot, ran up to him. And I'm like, I don't care what you're doing, but the New Kingdom Hearts trailer is out and we have to go watch it. And he's like, OK, let's go watch it. That's awesome. So we sat and stared at my phone for like a good five minutes. And then we're just like, what is happening? What are we doing? But no, it was really good. That's good. I, I thought it was pretty awesome. Uh, I would say my favorite part is definitely the Kingdom Hearts 3 part because I think that part looked the best. I think the shot lock stuff was like so cool. Like I'm so happy that they're bringing that back from uh, from Birth by Sleep. And it looks so cool. Like Sora jumping around yeah. like crazy. And, so that's cool. That was really cool. The Scythe uh, Nobody looks pretty cool it's a lot smaller than i thought he would be though like the way the way people mm-hmm. were describing it i thought it was like a boss but no there's like a bunch of them and they're they look like they're uh, normal enemies so i think that's that's pretty cool that they're putting that much effort into what appears to be you know a typical enemy so that was cool uh i aired a lot of my grievances about one particular part of the trailer in the live stream uh that we did in december but i'll just say real quick mickey looks pretty dumb and yen said looks creepy <laughs> <laughs> that's all that's all i'm gonna say it looks pretty dumb i'm gonna say if if you don't know Aww. why mickey looks dumb i want you to go to that part in the trailer and then open up another tab and then go into google and type in kingdom hearts 2 mickey and i want you to look at his face in kingdom hearts 2 look at his anatomy and the way the cheeks and and, and his face work in kingdom hearts 2 and then go look at the one in kingdom hearts 0.2 and then you're gonna cry because somehow even though they've been getting it right for the past 13 years with this mickey mouse guy with this mickey mouse guy he's like it's not like he's important or anything they've been getting it he's not like the face of anything they've been getting it right for so many years (laughs) and for some reason they decided to get it wrong at this point i don't know why that's the way it is usually It's just sad. It's sad. So, yeah, I mean, you can look at that. I if if I have any feedback for Square, it's please give that model another go, please. But yeah, other than that, I thought it was pretty awesome. Uh so yeah, that pretty much covers up uh our thoughts on the D23 trailer. So, in our future discussion, what I thought would be really cool because we got so many questions in our questions uh email, uh I found that it would be a pretty cool idea if we could take one of those and actually spin it out into its own segment because this one I thought was pretty cool. 
So this question came from Tiger Crane and uh, the first part of the question, which of the Kingdom Hearts games has the best writing and which game has the worst writing? Okay, so be, well, being in school, like you learn about different storytelling, especially in game development, if you ever choose to go into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the best writing, to be honest, like for, all, for most of them, they've been done pretty well. Um, all of them do follow a certain... Uh, formula. formula, exactly a formula. Like the the hero's journey is what it's called in uh, storytelling for what it is, um, which makes perfect sense for Sora because that's that's literally what happens to him. So like for example, like Sora's like from the ordinary world, so he doesn't know that other worlds like doesn't know that things exist outside of what his world is. It's very simple for him. It's like it's like kind of like our world, and and then somehow someone was like, oh hey. There's actually other places out there that allow you to do different things, right? So, like, it's us, like, knowing that magic... Well, I can't say magic isn't real because people are going to yell at me for that. It's, like, me being a witch, like, <laughs> like that type of thing. Um, and then something so kicks him I, out of his ordinary yeah. world and that starts him on his journey. His call to adventure, the, call the to refusal adventure. of the call. The, that's the only part yeah. that I'm not sure about is the refusal of the call, if he ever does that. The, he did. Uh, the only part he I did, can though. think of is, like, he just wants to find his friends he doesn't really care about the main plot at, at first it was like you want to go on an adventure then it became about finding his friends yeah yeah no the refusal oh, of the call is when he he doesn't want to go no it's what he didn't want to go with riku but also with the um cloak guy he was like explaining like that something's like the door has opened that type of thing kind of as like an omen to be i think no, Sora really wasn't really refusing i think he was just confused because <laughs> billy yeah, confused, zane wasn't but saying the refusal of the call sense. was with riku um and that's yeah. He wanted he Riku was like, "Come with me," and he's like, "No, I rather like no. You're be, creepy. Like, go with Ky- like fine. You got yeah. creepy fart gas around you right now. I don't trust you." <laughs> and then you have like meeting with a mentor, which is Leon. Yep. In Traverse Town, uh, you're crossing of the threshold, I believe, leaving your world, like leaving Destiny Island. Well, technically, he didn't leave. He was like taken to dust in the islands yeah i, I would um, say it's probably more leaving traverse town because that's when he like he's like set on his way kind of starts yeah, yeah. He's set on his way well he's kind of put into that situation but anyways like the best writing was usually i believe was with kingdom hearts one and kingdom hearts two mm-hmm. because it did have a mix of like a downfall but also a rising um the one that would say had like not the worst writing um I can't say it's the worst writing. It's also good writing, but worst writing. But it's worst writing in a different sense. Mm-hmm. It's with Dream Drop Distance, with all their confusion and time travel with Sora's side. Yeah. But it was really good on Riku's side. It was, like, his time to, like, shine. So it was him already kind of, like, reinventing himself. Yeah, exactly. And kind of showing that Riku is, like, the it's, like, it's like a much better person than we once saw him. Like, he, like, won against us in Kingdom Hearts 1, and then he disappeared on us in Kingdom Hearts 2, and we found him again, but he was still lingering in the darkness type of stuff. Mm. But, so, it was kind of mixed for me. That's what I think. So, best writing would be, like, Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, and technically Riku's side in Kingdom Hearts 3, Dream Drop Distance, and then the worst writing would be um, Dream, Drop Distance, Dream Drop Distance, like, Sora side, because that kind of got a little bit weird and a little bit confusing for me. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that yeah i would say my favorite would definitely be kingdom hearts one mostly because you know it's super, it's super simple real straightforward and it, it's a really touching story overall i would say worst 
I kind of agree with with Dream Drop Distance, but I would say elements of Kingdom Hearts 2 made me more mad. (laughs) That was going to be my choice. Yeah, it would be Kingdom Hearts. (laughs) Which one? Kingdom Hearts 2. My worst would be Kingdom Hearts 2. And Mm. and that's mostly, uh, and it's mostly because I don't think most of the games have bad writing. It's just that Kingdom Hearts 2, the, the way it changed the story rubbed me the wrong way the most and it took me the longest to get used to but if i'm really honest i think it's the the one with the worst writing is probably like recoded or something like (laughs) recoded is like of all the games it's the only one to me that feels like it's not necessary so i think that's probably the most that's the most damning thing you could probably say about a kingdom hearts game is that it's not (laughs) i ignored recoded that's why i didn't mention it (laughs) well because because everybody hates on it because of i mean on the stories aspect side Everybody hates recoded, but on the gameplay aspect, that's what everybody likes about it. Like, like, it's it's common knowledge that nobody likes recoded because the fact that the main important thing about recoded is basically what you learn at the very end in the in the secret ending, which could have been told easily in a separate cutscene in a different game. Exactly. Yeah. But um, for me. Yeah. What's your number one? My number one is of course Kingdom First Kingdom Hearts because it was told so well, you know, with I mean it, it's got everything in it, you know, from the characters to the Disney worlds. Everything felt like it they belonged there. The reason why I said Kingdom Hearts two is because I felt that they had a lot on their plate to try to make it as good as Kingdom Hearts one. But then with the whole thing with, you know Xehanort's Heartless yeah. and Ansem, you know, doing the whole like double switch and then that Disney World's felt like filler, you yeah. know, the writing with them. It's just, I felt that they just tried too hard with the writing, trying to make it that, trying to make it its own. Yeah, it's, a, know, its own series. Its own, its own series yeah. through that. And I don't think they actually did a really good job for it. I would say if I had to give a, a number two award for what's my favorite, it would probably be like Birth by Sleep. Yeah, I kind of agree with you on that. Maybe. And I would say about Kingdom Hearts 2, yeah. it's like, you know how with movies, like, it's a trilogy. Like, the second one's technically always, like, a build-up to some sort of big thing. And that's, yeah, unfortunately, what Kingdom Hearts 2 actually became. Because one was kind of like, you know, the beginning, understanding, like, the entire universe and the lore and all that stuff. Kingdom Hearts 2 was, like, didn't have now let's that make many, a series. like, ups and downs. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, and now they... let's make it a series. And then they, yeah. they, they kind of threw too much at you at the same time. Like, when you first got control of Sora again, you know, they, and all of a sudden, Yinsid's, like, throwing Organization 13 at you. Like, this is what you need to do. And then, like, and then you don't even see him for majority of the game until, like, the second half. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, you know, the that's, that's where it kind of felt short right there because it's, like, they should have... Organization 13 should have more to do than the second half because I know they showed up in Halabashian uh, when they first appeared, but then after all of a sudden it's just okay, they disappeared. And then um, when once once the Battle of Halabashian starts, you know, that's when they start making appearances, and all of a sudden you see the leader of the Organization 13 so early as well. It kind of just leaves you with like. To me, that's that's just bad writing right there. Yeah. But what like kind of sucks is that, like, if you didn't have a Game Boy Advance at that time, yeah. you missed out on like five characters that were technically supposed to be in it. So it's like yeah. Organization Thirteen. I was like, but there's only like 
eight like seven of these guys yeah. or eight right and it's kind of like okay to me, where like, the rest go see like see nomura should have made chain of memories into something different like or not made it and just or, just put, well tomorrow only made all it your he, effort on kingdom hearts 2 and just make that a good game well well tomorrow only made chain of memories because he kept hearing that kids wanted to play kingdom hearts don't listen know, to kids they're dumb they don't know what they haven't they don't have life experience <laughs> oh my gosh he well like the, he should have just made chain of memories you know a non-canon game you know something yeah to or they could just make like a, a portable version of kingdom hearts one period the end you're done you know or or he should have just just took with ray really like with a reach of memories and just made that its own separate ps2 game yeah or, so, <laughs> or something. something like that but yeah and uh <sighs> speaking of of kingdom hearts story writing churro uh which uh, aspect no of writing <laughs> does the kingdom hearts series generally do well in and which aspect of the kingdom hearts series does the, uh the writing generally fart sh- fall short in not fart short in. <laughs> if, only, if only more oh. kingdom hearts games had short farts in them but probably be funnier but anyway uh oh, and man. some examples provided uh, are things like dialogue, character development, suspense, mystery, continuity, the overarching plot, etc., uh, etc. Et I mean, definitely the mystery because when you play Kingdom Hearts the first time, um, you're you're basically you know following Sora's journey. Then you see the cutscenes of you know Disney villains mm-hmm. coming together for you know their own little plot, and then once you know Maleficent is defeated, it goes more into that. Once you're introduced to Ansem. And then when you complete the game, you see, you know, another side of the story and deep dive and you're wondering who those guys are. And then when you get to the other games, you know, the uh, mystery keeps going and going and going. And you that's know, definitely something I appreciate about it is that the at least with Kingdom Hearts one, the the plot really does unfold every, every step of the way you keep going in the story. It just keeps unfolding and folding and the world of Kingdom that's Hearts where, keeps getting bigger. See, that's why I didn't like about Kingdom Hearts two because everything was thrown at you in the very beginning. Yeah, exactly. So you knew um, too much at the beginning. That was the problem. Oh. Yeah. And then I would say suspense, too, because, you know, as you went along especially when you reach you know a hook ship you know and then you get to Kyrie, you know and then you all of a sudden you see riku's you know with the villains you know that adds mm. to suspense you know if your best friend you know taking away the girl that you liked you know and but what I about really like what about in in the sense of the entire series like what do you think suspense is still good because because the suspense is that, you know, whenever you think that the good guys have done something, the suspense shows that they're actually a step behind the villains. Yeah, yeah. That, that's you know, definitely a reoccurring theme. Yeah, so it's like, you know, that's what keeps in suspense because you're like, are the good guys ever going to have their, you know, be on top? You know, which, you know, in every story, it, it's that's going to happen. But with the way Kingdom Hearts 3 plot is going into, you know, it's like they're already at a disadvantage because of what, you know, they... They know that Xehanort has already plotted this out since the very beginning, and that he has the advantage of either they have to protect the Princess of Light, or they. I mean, I mean no matter what, there's going to be a Keyblade War no matter what. So, you know, that's the suspense of it. Like, our heroes are already at a disadvantage. Yeah. And what um, would you say it falls short in generally across the whole series? I think the um, the overarching plot. Because to be honest, everybody knew that Nomura didn't know of this that this game was going to be the way it is today. 
So, I mean, Nomura had to, you know, go through a lot in order to change bits here and there in order to make the stories connect. What I yeah. do like was, you know, what I didn't like about that was just, it's just that, I don't know, I don't I don't believe that Nomura had this all in mind when he first made the first Kingdom Hearts game. Yeah, which is definitely true, and is it's very common in, like, this style of, of Japanese writing, which is, like, shounen, shounen manga or shounen anime, like Naruto yeah. or Dragon Ball. They never have it planned out, like, for that long in advance. Um for for what it is i think he does okay i would say for me the overarching plot is not necessarily something that falls short but it's more mixed like i definitely i definitely agree like it's it gets like, confusing. No, I agree as well like 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 yeah like, like like the continuity is mixed because you know it can go either or like there's some things that you know that they changed in mid-game like the whole um oh you didn't beat ansem you beat his it's heartless yeah you know, it's yeah kind of like Oh wait, well, what a way to yeah. suddenly change everything. I mean, to be fair, then... they do they do explain the changes, but at the at the end of the day, they are actually changes, and they do they confuse the continuity more than anything. They're not necessarily continuity errors because they explain them, but they do add they do add a layer of confusion that's not necessary. Like for example, one of the questions in your interview was. Why has Mickey been silent about this whole time about seeing Aqua in the Realm of Darkness? Why hasn't he said anything? And then Nomura's answer was, it'll be explained in 0.2. And like, okay, that's that's fine. But the real answer is, because I didn't think of Aqua when I was writing Kingdom Hearts 1. Because I didn't think of Aqua when I was writing Kingdom Hearts 2. Or, well... <laughs> He kind of did yeah. towards the end, and then like, and then like, once we hear the answer playing, you know, two point eight, you know, it's going to be up to us to really like the answer or not, or not like <laughs> yeah. the answer. More likely, oh, yeah. we're it's, not going to like the gonna answer. It's going to change a lot of things. It's going to change a lot of things of how we look at it, and that's that. That goes back to, you know, the overarching plot. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like you know, it's either you need to really put it in there as to rather than try to make it so that it makes sense, you know. But at the same time, nobody's really going to believe that. You know, it's like they're going to be disappointed because that's the answer you came with. Yeah. You know, not a lot of people are going to like that. I would say for me, uh, the one thing that I think is pretty universal, except for Kingdom Hearts 1, that this series falls short in is pacing. More than anything is pacing of the games. Because I think in, Either in you're pretty too much or too little. <laughs> well, I would say in pretty much every Kingdom Hearts game after Kingdom Hearts One, well, a little bit in Kingdom Hearts One, but they do they do a lot of work to fix it. But in pretty much every game, starting with Chain of Memories, most of the story until the last world, you know almost nothing, and almost none of the plot is explained to you, and. You're left in this real sense of, like, you haven't learned anything. You've barely made any progress in the main plot. And then suddenly you hit the last world. And they just dump all this lore at you. And every cutscene is some guy talking for five minutes about some weird made-up plot thing that you came up with. And it's just, like, that's basically what happened in Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. It wasn't until, like towards the last 20% of the game that most of the story happened. It was... The same with uh, Dream Drop Distance. Dream Drop Distance so angry Dream Drop Distance especially had that problem. <laughs> 358 over two days, same thing. Most of that game was nothing. And then in the last 
percent of the game. It became all something. All the story yeah. Well, it's about build up, right? Like it's supposed the to. The problem up. is they didn't build up anything. They just had a. They had like a little bit at the beginning, and then nothing, and then the last twenty percent everything. It was just the same repetitive missions, and then exactly. then you just end the day with ice cream. And then, I would you say know. to counterpoint that what Kingdom Hearts One did instead was because everything was new to Sora, there was stuff that was relevant to the main plot being revealed in every single world. Even in Tarzan, where he didn't really have much, even in that world where they didn't have much of a bearing on the main plot, the Disney villains were talking about how, uh, you know, how Clayton was able to manifest a heartless just out of his pure uh just out of the unadulterated darkness in his heart which is kind of cool we didn't know that heartless could do that before then there's the whole idea that tarzan was talking about friends in your heart and that even tarzan someone who doesn't know anything about all this crazy darkness heartless mumbo jumbo even he understood that yeah and then then you had the whole little mini story of sora and donald not getting together until exactly. the very end there's that part but they saw what became of clayton you know, they re- finally realized they didn't want to go out that way, so they exactly. made Exactly. And then in basically in pretty much every Disney world, you can at least point to one part of the plot that happened in that world that relates to the main storyline. You got Riku in uh, Monstro. You've got that whole crazy segment. I mean, Neverland is basically a world that is nothing but main story. Like, there's that whole thing with Riku Oh, that, that part, Kyrie. like, messes everybody up. Like, that part's so awesome. And, like... There's like pretty much every Disney World. There's something. There's oh, and also in Atlantica, King Triton knows about the Keyblade. He knows about all those Keyblade wielders, and yeah. he knows that they're a bunch of dirks. And like, what does he know about the Keyblade? And and like, basically every Disney person you ever encounter prior to that, they don't know nothing. They help you with the plot and they help you understand things. But Triton, for whatever reason, he knew about Keyblade wielders. Why did he know? That's Which is awesome. weird. Yeah, that, that that's it's it's weird, but it's kind of because he was like, well, in the story, obviously he's like, you know, you shouldn't mess with this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what do you know? <laughs> like, what do you know? He actually does know. In Kingdom Hearts two, he's all like, doesn't doesn't say, oh, you're back. Yeah. What do you want this time? And and like yeah. in in Kingdom Hearts two and a lot of the other ones, like Churro, you mentioned Kingdom Hearts two. A lot of the Disney worlds lately have been feeling more like filler and not really well integrated. Like you could take them or leave them and they don't really add much to the plot. Now in Kingdom Hearts 2's defense, they do add a lot more uh, stuff with like, they basically relegate all that stuff to Pete going around all the worlds or Organization 13 showing up. But I think it robs the worlds themselves of interestingness. Like the characters that are a part of the worlds don't really contribute much, but Pete does. So Pete goes yeah, around adding main yeah, cause, cause plot he, to the game. Yeah, he, he's I meddling. Agree with he's that, he's yeah. basically meddling with the Disney characters. Like, because the first half of Kingdom Hearts Two is you're actually fighting the Disney character villains. The second second half is more Organization Thirteen's, you know, messing with the Disney characters, and then using you know Heartless or Nobodies to distract Sora. So it's like kind of like the same thing, but just. He just changes from P to Organization 13. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much my main thing, is that I think pacing overall in most of the Kingdom Hearts games is fairly problematic. I do like some of the character developments, like uh, Riku and Axel. 
most likely. And then Sora has his, you know, ray of moment in Kingdom Hearts 3D at the very end where he finally realizes that he's just more of a tool, you know, for everyone else and that he doesn't really belong in there. And he, then he finally says to, you know, break that he doesn't care. And he finds that, worth in himself anyway. Yeah, I, awesome. okay. okay His friends so, are the ones that helped him get this far. So I'm I'm gonna quickly talk about that because like okay, what makes what makes her to me I find really good is when like let's say people have watched Legend of Korra by now, mm-hmm. so I feel like I can not like spoil it, but like in the fourth book or whatever, their fourth season, you see her like haunted, like PTSD, all that stuff, like wrecked, like and. I think that it's good that Sora is kind of like, yeah, like, I, like, I was, like, kind of taken advantage of, like, people used me for, like, their bidding to get, like, you know, a lot of, like, heartless hearts for Kingdom Hearts, all that stuff, and, like, you realize, like, people are just here to, like, mess with me, but at the same time, I feel like it should have been more, like, an effect. Like, with Terra and Riku, it's like, I succumb to the darkness, it's like, my god, like, why did I do this? Like, this is awful, like, and now I can't get out of it, that type of thing. Mm. But I feel like Sora, like, it's not, like, an easy way out, but it's also at the same time, it's kind of like, like, you you failed your mastery exam. Yeah. Like, Terra was pissed when he failed his master, like, his mastery exam. It's like, and why? So why did like, I... Oh, like, and so on. it's like, that's fine, it's like, no, like, next, like, I'll, I'll just keep working at it and whatnot. happy with Sora, and nothing's ever wrong, and even and when it's wrong, he's still happy. I love Sora, like, I love, you, you guys both know how much I love yeah. Sora, but at the same time, I wish, like... He wasn't so, like, kind of, like, dense and too goofy and too happy. He's what you would, yeah. like, he's what you would even, call a Mary Sue character, which is yeah, everything's um, happy and nothing's wrong, and he's Superman, mm-hmm. and he's got no weaknesses except Kryptonite, he's, he's, I he's guess. He's a John Cena. Yes, he's John Cena. <laughs> anyway. No, but, um, no, like, but, but, uh, but uh, Kingdom Hearts 3D, That's what I would love in that, character um, development, though. See, like I said, you know, Sorrow's development, you know, throughout the series is not that great. He's still dense. He's still... He's still oblivious to things around him i mean especially in kingdom Hearts 3d you know he's so content on trying to save those around him he doesn't realize he's being manipulated whereas in the very beginning and once you once you learn you know that riku immediately knew something was wrong you know in the very beginning of the game that he rushed to sora's aid you know shows his development with darkness whereas sora you know is still oblivious well i will, s- I will got- say one thing that i kind of notice is this could just be a symptom of sequelitis because if you look at kingdom hearts one he goes through everything you, you described savvy right in hall of bastion when he loses the keyblade yeah. he goes through all of yeah. those phases i think the problem is they have this series that keeps going on and how can you have a character that keeps growing when he resolved all his problems in the first game uh oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> we can't <laughs> develop him any further. He's too perfect. Well, it's it, in a way, it's also kind of like it's like blinding the character. Like, if I don't know if that makes any sense, it's like it's blinding from like not potential, but blinding of how um, what he does, what what he does in the game, and like obviously, it's like going to other worlds. It's trying to like defeat the darkness or like help whoever else is there. But it's also blinding the fact that, like, there's something bigger that he's still not quite understanding. Like, he kind of realized it right after, like, him being stuck, like, during Dream Drop Distance and Riku had to help him. Yeah. 
that's when he's kind of realized it's like okay there's something much bigger than this right now but like i like it's like he's kind of developing but it's like understanding like something big is about to happen and i am not prepared for it for three games yeah or how many games he's not prepared I mean, so I mean, like, like I said, even even Roxas has a better development than Sora. Yeah, you know, he goes from this guy who doesn't know where he came from, doesn't know who he is, to learning to become a person. You know, hanging out with Axel and Shion, to you know, he, he grew as from to that to figuring out that these two characters are his friends. You know, and he'll do anything for them, even going against you know his own organization that took forcefully, I would say forcefully took him in. And um, and then another person that comes to mind that that to me didn't really develop well is Aqua because Aqua is more like kind of like a Sora, perfect in every way. Yeah, you know she's a Keyblade Master. She's just dealing with her dumb friends. Yeah, she's clean. She's literally yeah, that's literally what it is. She's being a mom. She's just cleaning up after two children. Well, we'll we'll see what she does in uh in two point eight. Maybe she'll show her 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 own flaws later on. This should be its own topic. Well, her own flaws is that she's. She risks her own, you know, life to save her friend. No, that's that's that's, that's not a flaw. She's awesome. It's it's again her stupid. It's friend. awesome, she's, she's but it's awesome. also a flaw yeah. too. But you know, no, it's just something bad that happened to her. Even though she's a righteous person, <laughs> I don't know. We'll we'll see what Nomura does with Aqua. We need to rush and do these questions, or else we'll never do them. So okay. moving along, we're going to go to the question segment again. As a reminder, uh, you guys can send your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. This first one comes from Jonathan Martinez and Jonathan S. Uh, do you guys think that Kingdom Hearts 3 has a real shot of being game of the year? I guess whenever it releases. I think so. I mean, to be honest, any game has a shot of being game of the year. I mean, that's one of the things about uh, game of the year is that People think that games that are like immediately hyped up, you know, are all have shots, you know, and sometimes they don't deliver. Sometimes it's the lone, you know, the the unknown games that have a bigger shot of being game of the year. Kingdom Hearts three is, to me, Kingdom Hearts three has a shot. I mean, Kingdom Hearts uh, one was fantastic, and unfortunately, nobody even thought it'd fit in there. Kingdom Hearts two was was pretty much mainstreamed at the at the mainstream level now, but there were so even though it ranked higher than Kingdom Hearts 1, to me, I felt that Kingdom Hearts 2 wasn't really Game of the Year material with all its faults it had. But generally, with now that Nomura has everything in mind, you know, from all the games he's putting together, I think that this is a legit thing. And then with all the... He's mixing all the normal combat of Kingdom Hearts 2, putting in Shotlocks from Breath by Sleep, flow motion from Kingdom Hearts 3D. Now that he has a sit thing to do for Kingdom Hearts 3, you know, I think he's finally going to perfect what the main problems were in the previous games into this one. So, to me, honestly, he it does have a shot. Yep. Uh, to be, hopefully, um, hopefully Nomura knocks it out of the park this time on, you know, story. And, and hopefully there isn't, like, too many big titles coming out well, <laughs> that year. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> well, never, like, you know, like, never, never guarantee that. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, 2015 had a lot of great game of the year candidates good news is it's not coming out in 2016 which has even more so yeah, yeah so very true it's gonna be tough. we have to wait and see it e3 and tgs to see what game what we're prepared for next year and sure if you could take this last one sure this one's from lauren graf and she writes if you could fix your least favorite world to make it more enjoyable how would you want to change it okay i like 
to me, I'm trying to figure out which one was my worst one, and everybody thinks it's like Atlantica mm-hmm. in Kingdom Hearts 2, or Kingdom Hearts 1, just because of the swimming, mm-hmm. and I kind of agree with that, but I, I don't know. It's like hard to say how I could fix it. I think, let's just go with Kingdom Hearts 1 Atlantica, because the swimming was like was so frustrating. It was just like, user testing should have done that, but anyways, um, probably... If you didn't have to mess around with like the mechanics of how things worked and it stayed the same, then that probably would have made it more enjoyable. I like I love Little Mermaid. I like I love watching the movie. Mm-hmm. I think, um, like removing like not removing the world, but like getting rid of like that music stuff in Kingdom Hearts Two. Okay, fine. Like I would I would want it more to deal with like um, different things in there. But I the thing I would change is. Probably, uh, it's just the swimming. Yeah, I think the only thing that pissed me off was the swimming. I, I would enjoy the fair. game so much more, oh. and more dolphin rides. The dolphin <laughs> was awesome, but it I, was like I just really hated waiting too. for the dolphin. That was annoying because he was always like yeah. never when I never where I needed him. And uh, yeah, I would say for me, real, just real quick before we wrap it up, I would say number one change would be add Lion King music to the Lion King world because there are literal. Yep like major important emotional scenes that have no music and they look really stupid uh that, that's my that's my main uh feedback because personally my least favorite world is uh either lion king or pirates of the caribbean one of those two worlds and it's uh for lion king it's mostly uh music issues the more so lack lack of music because for me it was a uh, monstro and the world design in it in Kingdom yeah Hearts it's really confusing that world yeah. oh yeah so may, probably make that more streamlined all right, so that wraps up our question segment. Yay, we made it through our first episode. Uh, and for the music for this episode, we've got a jazz cover uh, of Dearly, Ooh, like of Dearly Beloved from Insane in the Rain Music. So definitely go check him out on YouTube. He's super <laughs> cool. Uh, he's got a really cool uh, Phoenix Wright cover of Turnabout Sisters. That's one of my favorite covers he ever did. So definitely check him out. And... Uh, our next episode of Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 26th of January. That's right, two weeks from now. So definitely Yay. catch us then. Our next live stream of Kingdom Hearts or dive stream. Kingdom Hearts Union. Yeah, dive, dive stream. Our next Kingdom Hearts Union deep dive stream is Saturday, January 16th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and our Twitch is uh, twitch.tv slash khunion. So go check us out there. Uh, as a reminder, as always, you guys can subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes Store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts, and we're number one. Yay. And you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, YouTube.com, slash KHUnionVids, or KHLTamania's Twitter, which is at KHLTamania. And as always, please support us on Patreon at Patreon.com, slash FFKHUnion. If you guys want to check out our Please Be Excited podcast, which comes out every month uh, it's a whole new podcast that you don't get anywhere else go to patreon you can support us there if you guys want your twitter shouted out on the show all the time and you want to get more followers or something like that that's another way you can do that so patreon.com slash ffkh union go there support us it'll help us make the show better and as always if you guys want your questions on the show send your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com all right it's goodbye time guys Aww. Bye. Goodbye, guys. This is 
this is the first one, and there's many more to come this year. Yes, many more to come. Precisely double than last year (laughs) and every other year that we normally (laughs) do the show. And on top of that, we've got the live streams, or the deep dive streams, so you can always catch us there. So there's always more of us now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So can't wait to uh, uh, see you guys more this year. I hope this has been a good kickoff episode for the year. Uh, And as always, I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartune.com production.